if you must make a choice between democracy and the most tasty cake with 50% discount, what do you choose? Welcome to Radio Kakak Live. My name is Father Molotov. Your name is your name. Forget your name for a moment. Choose a fake name for protection against the hackers. Let go of your plant and let go of your plans for tonight or this morning or this afternoon because we're going into Radio Kakak Live with a fantastic guest. Today we're going to talk about democracy. Year 2020. The year of the great madness. There's no madness too big for us. We can take the madness together. We're living in historical times, you know. Have you noticed? The good and the evil have been battling out there. We are in it, or we are next to it, out of our window. The good is battling the evil, and we are the good. We are also the bad. Embrace good and bad. Embrace your ears close to your headphones for Radio Kakak number 23, the last episode of Radio Kakak Live. For the next hour, I'm gonna have the monopoly of fake news. For the rest, you're only gonna hear real, real information, truth spoken through my mouth, through the air, through the music, to the mouth of uh, Dr. Iravadi right in your ears.
Do you know why we are here? Yeah, you know why we are here. We're here because there's one big madness going on. And we need your help. I need you. I need you and I believe that you need me. That's why you are here in any case. You need musical healing and proper wisdom. And I deliver it. I only exist now thanks to your ears. No ears, no Father Molotov. You also, in your alter ego that listens to the radio, only exists now. And you know who else is gonna only exist now? Dr. Iravadi, our fantastic guest of today. Who is Dr. Iravadi? Who's gonna enlighten us in this 2020? 9.15 p.m. 22 November 2020 I am delighted to have a guest as Dr. Iravadi he is a academic laureate doctor in all things history he has studies he is expert in the age of revolutions so any question about how to start a revolution how to end a revolution you should he is your man he has studied Europe, European history, but also colonial history. He's almost a celebrity. I almost put it in there with his real name. Author of many books, but in the end, I also anonymized him. I asked him to anonymize himself. And we're going to talk about democracy. Is that really a good thing? Do we actually need it? Does it actually work? Is it worth it all to go and vote when you can only choose between the least bad? Is it really gonna disappear like they say because of my arch enemy Donald the Trumpet? And all these kind of questions we're gonna ask him to our main man, the doctor.
What are we waiting for? Jesus Christ or something to come up with shiny lights? No, 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 no. We're waiting for the Dr. Ira Vadi, the expert of democraziness. Hello. Hello, Dr. Ira Vadi. Hello, Father Molotov. Dr. Ira Vadi, how are you doing? Yeah. Where are you located? I'm in the Netherlands. All right. right Let's keep it to that because I don't want to put you in danger. And uh, where on the Netherlands? On a couch or on a table? Or I'm, I'm sitting at a table right now. All right. Did you already eat? I did. We eat early. Are you? Have you been worried about democracy today? Today, not so much because I did not read any newspapers or I did not watch the news. So if you don't watch the news or don't read newspapers, you don't worry so much about the world. I know. I, that's why I tell to all my listeners, don't read the news, just listen to me and I will give you all the important stuff in a pleasant fashion. But I think you should, not all the time, but from time to time you should read the newspapers and you should watch the news. Why? To well, get the blues. Important. It's important to know what's going on. Huh? Yeah, it's important because every five years we go and vote and then you don't want to get fooled by the fool machine. Exactly. It's, it's every four years in the Netherlands. Four years. Oh, shit, I think I missed one. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. You can make it up later. Yeah, so maybe... Um, yeah, I was wondering. Democracy. Sounds boring, but it's cool, I assume. And um, should you actually go to vote, even though it doesn't really make a very big difference? I mean, I mean uh, yeah, we, you know, all the politicians are a bit lying and they never do what they promise and uh, they're all be friends. What do we do? I mean, yeah. Should we? Or is it? I mean, I mean, I think it matters a lot. You've seen that Donald Trump supposedly just lost the election. Uh, and, and that matters because people thought it was important to vote and they went out to vote against him or vote for the other guy. I mean, like a couple of years ago, if we stick to the United States, we had George W. Bush against Al Gore. And it was only like a very close call, maybe 500 or 1,000 votes or something like that in Florida that determined who won the presidency. If Al Gore would have won that election, the world would look a lot different than it does now. I, heard, yeah. that, I heard that uh, George Bush was even worse than Trump. I mean, I, I, I thought when he was in office that, that we would never see an American president as bad as he, <laughs> but, but Trump has beaten him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think, I mean, he invaded Iraq. That was like everybody, in, at least in the Netherlands, was shocked. How can you do that? And he, he lied about it as well. Yeah, for no reason, right? Or a made-up reason. No, they justified it by, of course, this, this argument that was lied of weapons of mass destruction. And, and they also justified it because they said they would bring democracy to our right. Yeah, so that's the bad side of democracy, too. We say, oh, yeah, we are democratic. But then, uh, you know, the so-called democratic countries, they do very bad things. Also in the of name course. of democracy. Yeah, so, so that democracy has become such a big concept. such an important concept, at least in Western thought that the, it, it can be used to justify anything. You want to go to war, you say you save democracy. You want to do something else, you say you're a Democrat. 
I mean, that way it means everything, and that's why people don't value it anymore. But, but the concept itself, it's, it's very valuable, I think. Should we not get rid of it then and just come up with a new concept? I mean, we should uh, unmask all the, all the people who say they're Democrats, but, but in reality aren't any. Maybe maybe we have to start from what does it mean, democracy? Maybe since you are a historian and you can see the future, you can tell us uh, wh- where where it started or who made up democracy or who, when does it start who who invents it yeah so so modern democracy it started at the age of revolutions so it is at the end of the 18th century so in the united states but especially in paris and france uh during the french revolution when the french revolutionaries decided uh to make a new political system in which they would not listen to their king anymore and the nobility and the church but they would give the most power to the people. Um, and that's what happened in a, in, a, in a time span of a couple of years during the process that we know now as the French Revolution, uh, which radicalized uh, and took a wrong turn. But that was the moment when democracy was invented. And it was basically, it was based on two different ideas, I would say. The first is the people should decide, the people should be able to vote. Uh, government should be based on the idea, the will of the people. That's one idea. The second idea is uh, individual rights, the rights for individuals. Um, so the French revolutionaries wrote a document in 1789, the Declaration of Human Rights, which basically states that every human being has the same rights before the law. The American revolutionaries had the same document, but they called it the Bill of Rights. So first uh, we came up with the idea that the people have to get the power and then yeah. a few hundred years later that everybody has the same rights. No, it was invented at the same moment. Oh, at the same the... time. Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. By so who? Imme- By the revolutionaries. So, yeah, so it, it, it immediately shows this paradox of democracy. Everybody has the same rights, but it is the people as a whole that decide. But when the people decide, you immediately know that uh, people have different opinions all the time. So you say the, the people decide, but when they go to vote, they vote differently. So the people as a concept does not exist. No. So we uh, all decide is, together. We all decide together, but we all have different opinions. So. And we all have different power. I mean, uh, yeah. That's the thing that we feel like, yeah, we all decide. But on the other hand, we also feel it's always the same people that decide. Yeah, so we, we need this this paradox that I was talking about. Everybody decides, but everybody at the same time has a different opinion about politics and stuff. Um, that needs to be solved. And one of the ways that we can solve this is to vote for representatives, so people that represent us in the parliament. Because if you're a country with like 20 million people, you cannot go stand on, on the top of a hill and then raise your right arm when you agree or disagree. So you need people, a smaller amount, that decide for you, which is called representation, which gives another, a lot of other problems as well. Like the one you were talking about, that the representatives don't really represent the people. But uh, still, notwithstanding these facts, you still think democracy is good? Yes, because, and that I think is the most important point about democracy democracy is not only a way to organize power so not only a way of 
uh, who do we elect as a representative or who do we elect president that we give our power as people, but it's also a way to organize a society. Um, and organizing a society uh, in a democracy is very different than from uh, an old monarchy where the king was in charge or from totalitarian government. Because in a democracy, uh, we have decided to divide uh, the power into different uh, spheres. So there's a there is a, a people who rule for us, but there are people who make laws in the parliament. There's people who 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 did the judicial power as well. There are people in the universities. There are people in the media. They're all independent from each other in a democracy. Uh, and a democracy is a political regime that organizes this different spheres of power and influence and maintains that. And is this how it actually is or is it more like uh, the theory? This is the theory behind it. And is it also like this in some countries? I mean, yeah, to some to, to some extent, uh, I think people always take the Scandinavian countries as the example of the most uh, democratic countries because they have like this, this, this separation between different power uh, which they maintain. So when we talk about is a democracy functioning well, they always look at how free is the media, how free are universities. Yeah, a university. Uh, how free, free are, are the judges? Do they speak? Do they have their own sphere of influence? Can they decide for themselves or are they controlled by politics? Okay, and in your country, it's not as good as in Scandinavia? I think in the northern western countries, I mean, I people make these lists of, of the freedom index and stuff like that. You can see which countries, what countries are the most democratic in the world. And uh, I think Iceland and Scandinavian countries are always in the top mm. and Western European countries are also uh, quite high, highly ranked. I guess it's Western European countries that make the ranking. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but it's, it's fair because we invented it. I mean, yeah, the modern democracy as we know now that, that was invented by Western European countries. Yeah. That, what there was democracy also before modern. Yeah, like 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 in ancient Greek in Athens, they called it democracy. Yeah, someone in the chat wrote, "Bring back the Roman Senate." Was that democratic? The Roman Senate? No, <laughs> yeah. not at all. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's like the House of Lords. You must be a lord to decide. Yeah, and no, that's not a democratic idea as well. But ancient Greece was. No, it was not a democracy. I mean, they call it democracy means the demos means people and Croatia means power. So it means power to the people. They came up with the idea that if a decision is made, all the people living in Athens should go to this hill and then raise their hands and then they make a decision. No, but Athens was not a democracy by our standards because the, the, the city was, was, they had a lot of slaves uh, and women were not allowed to vote. Um, and there was a so who, who decided? There was still a sort of senate that decided, but then they consulted no, the people. The people really decided. The people really. Okay. And uh, but you said that, uh, yeah. What, what if you don't have a democracy? What do you have? So the idea is that democracy broke the power of the of the king and of the nobility. So that is a that is a system which basically concentrates uh, all the power uh, on one person. Because he says he's, he's received that power from God. Um, 
I mean, the old saying goes, if the king is dead, long live the king. So immediately, there's no question who should have the power after the king dies. Immediately, it will transform the power to his oldest son, most of the time, to the next king, a mm. member of his family. But God is in all of us. That's true. But, but he loves the king, the king more. Yeah, that's what the king thinks. I mean, do you watch this, the Netflix series, The Crown, the, about the English royalty? No. They still believe today, the English royalty, that they uh, are there handpicked by God. And that's the reason that they should be the head of state of England. All right. Uh, and they, also the English people believe it? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe you can ask to the listeners from England. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, that's how they present themselves. Anyway, so, so when, when they decided to kill the king during the French Revolution, this idea of the king should always have the power disappeared. Yeah. And then uh, they even cut the head of the king, right? Yeah, so, so historians Just say to that, underline that this idea. Historians say that the, the, the double body of the king died. Not only the king's own body, like the guy, Louis, Louis XVI, he died under the guillotine. So one body died. But the other body died as well, the symbolic body of the king. Which means that after they killed their own king, France would never accept a king uh, anymore to rule in the place of the people. From then on, the people would rule and decide, uh, make decisions themselves, like in a democracy. With the representation. Yeah, was it already, from the beginning, was it like that, that you elect representatives? Yeah, that's a big was a big debate as well, but there were many people living in France then already, and it's impossible to, to organize a referendum if you don't have, a, if you don't have internet I think, <laughs> at that time. Yeah. Um, You need representation, right? Yeah. So, uh, in modernity, so nobody believes anymore that there is a king that can embody the will of the people. But there are other political regimes possible. So there are totalitarian political regimes possible, which are called totalitarian because one party or one person uh, thinks he can re-embody the will of the people. So like the Communist Party, that's the only party that was allowed, for example, in Soviet Russia, uh, that really believed that they were the spokesperson of the people of Russia. Uh, and there were no free elections because it was not necessary anymore because the political party, the Communist Party, already knew what the people wanted. Okay. No more representation in communism. I mean, they believe they represent the people, but they did not... Uh, organized elections to test that claim. And in communist China, there is also it's communist. Well, it's called yeah. So yeah. China is called uh, the People's Republic of China, which is a pretty democratic name. Yeah. But but there are no free elections in China. There are no there's no opposition in China. But there is elections. That's, no, I, I don't believe there are free elections in China. So from the top of the ranking, there is all this. Uh, called countries in Scandinavia of democracy. And on the bottom of the ranking, there is countries where the, the leader just knows that he must be the leader and the people can, so the can best change example of this, yeah. The best example of this is North Korea, which is also a communist country. Yeah, North Korea. It's a communist country. Yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a totalitarian country. Yeah. It and is, what's in the is. middle of the ranking? Like, what is it like in between? So, I, so there are There is there is a gray area between democratic countries and totalitarian countries. And the gray area is basically countries that 
shift away from democracy towards uh, autocracy, for example. Like What's you have that? A strong, you have a strong leader that was elected, but he stays into power. Uh, what is happening in Hungary right now or in Poland, for example? Yeah. Uh, those leaders... In they, Belarus? Belarus, yeah. That That's more towards uh, dictatorship. Oh, but there was elections, right? Yeah, but, but then the people vote him out and he does not accept, right? Yeah. Who does he remind of? Hey, I have a song for this. Actually, you can choose. I have two songs. One is called uh, People Lead. And one is called Freedom Taking Over. Yeah, which... do Freedom Taking Over. That sounds nice. All right. And then we let it sink in and we come back after. And if you are the listener or the other listener, reflect, send us your questions while freedom takes over your soul. All right.
Big shout to all the listeners who are sending in a lot of questions. The chat is on fire. Bling the fire brigade. And uh, greetings uh, to the people that are listening from uh, Houston. Now we have all the continents represented. Not true. Just some. And uh, we have uh, hackers. They are trying to hack the chat. But they are not making it. Ha ha ha. And uh, we have a question. Dr. Kireji is listening, is glued to the radio and asks, how free is anyone under capitalism? Wink, wink. Yeah, good question. This is what a lot of people think, I think. Like, yeah, it sounds all very nice. But, uh, you know, if you have money, you decide. If you don't have money, you don't decide. You know who first raised this question? Who? Karl Marx. In the Communist Manifesto, he said, yeah, that's, that's this, these liberal ideas about democracy are having a nice, but it doesn't matter anything if you don't have anything to eat. Right. Uh, but uh, let me answer it like this. Uh, it's a good question. I have no answer. It's like the biggest debate that has been going on for the last 200 years in modernity. But the philosophers that I study, like Claude Lefort from France and Hannah Arendt from Germany, I think the American scholar Hannah Arendt, uh, they say that the biggest distinction in the world is not between capitalism and communism, but between democracy and totalitarianism. If we want to understand how the political world works, we need to make a, a distinction between democracy and totalitarianism. That's more important than talking about communism versus capitalism as an economic system as in uh, capitalism is uh, not that nice if you don't have money but capitalism under totalitarianism is still worse than capitalism no yeah then capitalism under democracy correct i think uh, both democracy and the more totalitarian forms of uh, a government can embody both uh, uh, capitalist as well as more communist or socialist economies. What does that tell you? Tell us? That we need to study uh, how a democracy really functions and to analyze how that functions uh, by comparing it to totalitarian regimes, not by comparing it to capitalist. And are we free? Uh, Free your mind and the rest will follow. <laughs> Next question. We got a question from Houston. In, it's in America, United States of America. He says it's Louis 14, not Louis 16. It's actually not a question. What no. What do you say to that? No, no, it's Louis 16, Louis Cesar, that was decapitated by the guillotine during the French Revolution. Louis 14 was the Sun King. Uh, he survived. Famous king, famous king from France, but he died peacefully in his own bed. Before the revolution. Before the revolution. He died at the beginning of the 18th century. His grandson, Louis XVI, was uh, killed by the geese. How come that uh, at some point people thought we need a French revolution, let's kill the king, and not before? So you're asking me what the origins of the French revolution were? Yeah, I mean, there have been like libraries full of books trying to explain the French Revolution. Can you explain uh, one word? <laughs> no, <just> anger. <laughs> anger. 
No, it was a combination of political unrest and economic unrest. I'm sure it's not the first time that there was a political unrest and economic unrest. So let me tell this then, because you mentioned it in your introduction as well. For a revolution to succeed, you need political unrest, you need uh, economic unrest, you also need cultural or religious unrest. But you also need more uh, layers of society to participate in the revolution. So in the French Revolution, it was both a revolution of the underclass or the working class. Uh, the French called them the sans-culottes. And it was also a revolution of the middle class, the people who wanted to have a say in the uh, government. So because they steered the, the revolution from multiple directions, it succeeded. If there's only like one class or one layer of society uh, trying to have a revolution, it, it won't succeed most of the time. So I cannot start a revolution on my own? You can, but I, I don't think you will succeed. But what if I have listeners from all sorts of different classes? Uh, yeah, then, then you might succeed. But, but you need, so you need people who, who like to fight in the streets. You need people from the lower classes. You also need people from the elite who want change as well. You need the military to help you because if they don't, they, they start shooting. I mean, you need a lot of different, uh, different, different layers of society to help you with the revolution. All right. Do you? No, wait. That's the last question. If you want a revolution, let's keep it for later. Or if you are planning a revolution or waiting for a revolution, I have another question from Mr. Fish, who is actually the neighbor of Mr. Jolly from Israel. <laughs> asks the american constitution also barred slaves and women so how about that yeah that's that's very true it's true that during the american revolution only a small minority that's well like 200 years ago or yes yes 1776 and after that in the 19th century only a small percentage of the american population was allowed to vote the best uh that's true uh so that we that tells us that 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 promise of democracy which is already present in the american constitution and in the bill of rights has not was not yet fulfilled but during the 19th century and the 20th century the american society just as the european society saw an enormous emancipation more and more people gaining power and and being uh, led into this uh, process of democratization and being able to speak up and 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 have the right to vote um, so the democratic revolution created the idea that everybody is created equal, and that idea was not put fully into place 200 years ago, but it did create this wave of emancipation in which more and more people were allowed to exercise their political rights. But it took a while, and the, then the, the next question is why did it take so long? Well, that has to do with uh, racial influences or, or racism in American society. They, 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 they hold on to the slave, uh, the slavery very long, a very long time. Uh, conservative elements in the society trying to restrict the right to vote. But in the end, uh, this idea of democracy and the declaration of human rights or the bill of rights did give way also from a from a perspective of political ideology, did give way to to inclusion and allowing more and more people to speak up and, and vote. And and right now in American society, as we have seen a couple of weeks ago, uh, 
most people can exercise the right to vote, although there are also processes in, in place that, that try to, to rob people of their of their right to vote. But yeah, so so from this from perspective of twenty first century, we can say that their promises and their ideas of democracy were, were a bit uh, were were not fair. And 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 there was a paradox as well. And and they talk about equality for everybody, but they only meant white males. Uh, but this idea, if once you start talking about equality for everybody, then it creates this emancipation process, which in the end uh, will allow more and more people to participate in a democratic society. The that same happened in Europe, by the way. Uh, more and more people are allowed. To, to speak up, more people are allowed to vote. Um, but but the initial idea, when they talk about equality for everybody, that they, they were only talking about white males, that's true. But uh, so then in the beginning, it was only white uh, men that could vote when the democracy was invented. Then it got uh, spread to also women, different, doesn't matter what's your color. Is it just expanding? Because, you know, there the are some people still have difficulties are underrepresented do you think yes. that it's still improving or it's also getting so worse if you, if you, under some if you believe in the power of democracy and democratization then more and more people from all layers of society will have the same say in uh, in, in in society so for example it's another if you don't believe oh then you you think democracy is a fake idea and it only serves to to keep the elite in place yeah and is that not true well i've just tried to explain it from if you look at, at the <laughs> three different century, ways if you look at the end of the 18th century how how only a few people were allowed to vote and now in the 21st century most of the people are allowed to vote so and before that the 18th century no one was allowed to vote no only the king had the power so you still it's still better than before and still better than totalitarianism and autocraticism and monarchy. I think a democracy is without question the best regime, political regime possible. But it, it can it still improve? Of course. Is it improving? Yes. For example, the gay marriage, which is now being allowed in more and more and more countries. And uh, the, the Pope, Pope, our main man, the Pope, endorsed yeah. it. I think the Pope is today my favorite uh, global leader. Even though I'm not uh, necessarily into Catholicism. So if big shout to, to the Pope if you're listening. We also have an, had an episode that was titled After the Pope. That was called The Pope is a Player. Sorry, parenthesis. This week the Pope liked on Instagram a, a half-naked model. And then next thing the Vatican rings Instagram to say, How did that happen? It's not possible that the Pope did it. So this is uh, just a parenthesis. <laughs> <laughs> Can you go back to your example about gay marriage? The, 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 the news about the Pope, that was my favorite news moment from last week. Right. It's not only bad news. No, That's why you good. should check the news once in a while. So I, I feel very happy. I think, yeah, it's, there's still some positive developments in the world when the Pope starts liking models on Instagram, right? But um, You know, the Pope has 7 million listeners, so he's not like that big of an influencer on Instagram. But he has uh, he follows zero people. Only God. Because... And God doesn't have an account. <laughs> God doesn't have an account? Come no. on, man. And, uh, no. But yeah, they say that the Pope doesn't even use his own Instagram account. Someone else does it for him. So. Uh, 
But that's sad because yeah, I would like to have the Pope, you know, on the toilet if he looks at some <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, photos. I can imagine. Like like he checks out the photo and then accidentally he presses the like button, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh no, so gay marriage is like uh, something that democracy has slowly but steadily uh, been developing as a value that has spread all over the world and it shows that democracy develops into a more inclusive future because they they start out gays of uh, gays cannot marry because the marriage is only for men and women but then okay equality for all the people so they test these ideas about marriage uh, against democratic ideas and then you the the idea slowly emerges that marriage should be open for everybody even same-sex people and 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 most people adopt that and that is really a democratic development that has been taking place in 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 most western countries but also other countries around now about the the things that are not going that well like very very rich people and banks they can still influence the power so much that even if everybody on all the people would be against them they manage somehow to keep life very easy for themselves i can make an example like uh, yeah that uh, when uh, banks have problems the government steps in and pays but then uh, when the bank makes a lot of profit they also help people to avoid taxes sometimes and the rules don't change or they make a lot of profit by transferring all the risks to people and governments and they become rich and these rules you could make rules that make this better but it doesn't happen Th is there a weakness of democracy i think yes is it, it is. improving it also shows that democracies as we know them right now they are organized still on an, on an, on a level of a nation state so on a national level and these banks and these big corporations that that evade taxes they 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 operate on an international level uh, so they say, you, you make profit in this country, you have to pay taxes here. And they say, no, because our headquarters is, I don't know, is somewhere in another country, so they, they, they can evade the taxes. So it's a weakness of democracy because it's still organized at the, at the national level. And that that's, makes it very hard to, to, to solve this problem. So that's not improving. No, but I think you can have uh, organizations that are democratic, uh, but the surpass the the nation the nation state like the European Union at least if if more people would vote for it it, it gains in democratic uh, people would believe it's a more democratic institution and the European Union at least has more power to to take these uh, to hold these banks and these corporations responsible for what it's they true do. they are doing it it's great I know so but I think the European Union as a, as an organization needs needs more democratic legitimation yeah but the problem is that democracy is also very slow so always, <laughs> you know by the time that they make a rule they already find five ways to avoid it uh, uh, rich companies or uh, you know like uh, with technology how do you look at that after the next song you can tell us how do you look about the fact that democracy is very slow and there and technology is very fast a cliffhanger but you can still choose a song 
Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I have um, the people lead from before, still there. And then uh, we have the brick house. I would say democracy is not a house of cards. It's a brick house. Okay, that, that's a very nice introduction. So let's play then brick house. Brick house, regular version. She's my, my day, just let it all hang out. She's a friend. 
Welcome listener, whether you join from the beginning or you just join now. I am Father Molotov, this is Radio Kakak Live, and we are here with our great friend, Dr. Ira Vadi, expert of uh, history, revolutions, democracy, and all things like that. And he is explaining us whether uh, we can now get rid of democracy or if it's really that important. Uh, so far, he has made quite good case. The democracy is a quite good system and uh, we should keep it. But democracy is so slow. Wouldn't it be better to have a, you know, just someone who decides from the top? Because, for example, now technology is changing so fast that it, the parliament takes way too long to make rules around technology. So it means that there's no rules for technology. What do you say to that? I mean, it is true and it's a complaint that's often heard that democracy is a very slow process. Uh, in the end, I still think it's preferable than giving somebody all the power that should make correct decisions because there's no going back from then and there's nobody to correct them. So democracy is a system that always says we can go this direction, but we can also, if we decide later, or we know more about the situation, there's always a possibility of going back and turning back. So every decision that has been ever taken in a democracy can be reversed, always. Uh, which makes it one of the most, uh, yeah, most, 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 how do you say it? It makes it the best political system. It just uh, takes a very long time because you have to discuss a lot with everyone. I mean, if you really want to take, uh, make a law and you really want to do it fast, there's a possibility in a democracy to do that as well. Yeah. Uh, you, have to, you have to ask your president or your prime minister to make a law, uh, and there's a possibility for him or her to, support, to, to, to do it without uh, bringing it to parliament. They call it a note law. What is it? Uh, emergency, emergency law. Yes. But still, a lot of people must support it, otherwise it will not happen. Yeah, but, but democracies end by people putting in place emerging laws without asking parliament. That's how democracies come to an end. That's when totalitarian powers take over. For example... If you read history books, yeah, uh, the totalitarian regimes that start from a democracy always have this emergency law that they put into place, and then they, they put away the parliament, they... Uh, put all the opposition in jail, and then they only have one newspaper, and that's how, how the dictatorships start. And it all, also starts most of the time by first putting in place an emergency law. So be, a, be very careful with those. Okay. So is there some cases today where this emergency law is already starting? I think one of the most important dangers, or the, the most dangerous thing that is threatening a democracy right now is populism. It's a very broad concept as well. But uh, we can relate it to what's happening in Hungary, uh, what happened in Italy under Berlusconi, but also what happened in the United States under Trump, uh, which is a which which starts as, as, as a political idea, a correction maybe to democracy. But then it starts to destroy or eat away all the benefits from a democracy. Yeah, it doesn't even start as a as a correction to democracy. It says it starts more like, yeah, we are the people want this, therefore I'm now in power. 
I think exactly. it also starts when uh, when the people in power start to criticize the media and to criticize the judges, right? Exactly. So that's the dangerous thing. I mean, to say I know better, so give me power. You can say that in a democracy. Even the, even the weirdest of clowns can become the president in a democracy. I mean, that's 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 something because the American system is rigged. He said it. I was not talking system. about America. <laughs> uh, but I mean, democracies. They can they they can put people into power. You can vote people into power in a democracy that then tries to destroy the democracy. It happened before in history. It will happen again. It almost happens in the United States uh, because people then start tearing down all the things that make a democracy work. For example, opposition or free media uh, or free courts or judges or. Um, universities that are places where people try to be uh, to to collect knowledge about the world not from a political perspective but from a scientific perspective but when people attack you and say no you're doing that just for a political purpose you're doing that for a political perspective then the neutrality of, of academia falls away and then you will destroy it and and you will destroy this fundament from your democracy so if the university is destroyed Democracy is weaker. Yes, and that also goes for the media, uh, newspapers, and, and uh, that also goes for the judges. For example, you can see what's happening in Poland now. For example, they go what is first they went, they, they went after the judges, then they went after the media. They will what they will do next is go after the universities, and and if they succeed in that, then basically they have established a dictatorship in Poland, starting from a democracy, slowly. Uh, dissolving all these different neutral places that are so important for a healthy democracy. Um, because what they do is you kill the opposition, and the opposition is the one that gives air to a democracy. But, and where does it come from? From media, from universities. Uh, if you kill those, you killed all the opposition, but then you also killed the democracy. But you're biased because you are a journalist and a, and a university professor. I am biased. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what happened in Uganda? No. Last no. week, there was a very famous reggae singer who is actually a member of parliament yeah. who is running for president. And uh, he has a very big support from young people and poor people. And Uganda, uh, he says the government is very corrupt. And uh, he was running for president. There is elections coming up, and uh, and then he got arrested this week, and uh, there was a huge protest. And I think uh, yeah, 30 people died. They got oh, shot on the street by people that were not even wearing a uniform in the protest. And uh, but he's got released now, but he's in a hospital in the U.S. So he he, he escaped. He got released, yeah, because you know there was a lot of international tension. Okay, but they then he went to the United States, so he's not running anymore. I don't know. I don't know. He's in a hospital there. I don't know what's happening next. It just happened yesterday. They got released, I think, or the day before. And uh, I mean, that's, but they all yeah. say that in uh, in Uganda, I read uh, there was not a peaceful passage of power since 1962. Yeah, then then that's not a healthy democracy, right? No, <laughs> but it, then that's also yeah. In some cases like in a very unstable country, maybe it's better not to have a democracy. If uh, every time there is an election, there must be, uh, you know, people getting k 
killed or bashed in the street? Yeah, I mean, that's a very difficult question as well. I, I, I really don't know. I'm struggling with that one. I don't know how to answer that. I mean, um, I think that everybody, every, every, every country should and can be democratic, although institutions and, and history, it's really, really sometimes making it difficult for a country to, to, to have a peaceful democratic society. Yeah, Yeah, because also in the history of mankind is extremely new. Democracy. This the, yes, this political system is extremely new. That's true. And also this idea that, that everybody is created equal and therefore everybody should have the same political vote. That's really a, a unique idea. Uh, and that's what we call democracy. But I, I it's also very fragile. Uh, so I hope we can keep the system intact, but it only it only takes a couple of people or maybe just one lunatic to destroy it. I will play a song of Bobby Wine now, the candidate president of Uganda. By the way, we just reached 100 followers on Radio Kakkak, which is a historical moment. So even more important to play this song because this song is my favorite coronavirus song and uh, coronavirus songs had a huge role in creating followers for Radio Kakak and enlightening followers you dear listener you know how great corona songs are for your well-being and especially you will recognize this song from Bobby Wine and his friend Nubian called coronavirus alert and now we're back with a historian of revolutions uh, Iravadi the doctor Hundred. The bad news is that everyone is a potential victim. But the good news is that everyone is a potential solution. Sensitize the masses to sanitize. Keep a social distance and quarantine. Stop! The coronavirus is sweeping over mankind. Everybody must be alert. It's a global pandemic we can never take for granted. Wash your hands, keep a distance from everyone. Report anything like a simple tomb. Serious fever is a simple tomb. Dry cough is a simple tomb. Okay, Tamala is a simple tomb. Itchy eyes and flu is a simple tomb. Yeah, Bobby Wine, we hope you get better soon and you want win the elections in Uganda. This is how we like our members of parliament and candidate president to sound like when they sing about coronavirus. So, Dr. Ira Vadi 
It's a great pleasure to have you here. Pour wisdom on me and the listener and the other listener. And big shout to Horatio Torquemada Marley, who is not only a listener, but it's almost a brother to me. Because we have together a podcast in Italian. So if you are Italian, ask me about our Italian podcast. Anyway, let's get back to how to destroy democracy and all the good reasons why we should do that. So a great ally of us in the destruction of democracy is Donald J. Trump. He's not only the best improvisation artist that we know and a great showman and entertainer, he is also the former or current president of the United States, depending who you ask. And um, uh, Dr. Uh, Donald Trump, cool or not cool? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's not cool. I don't even think people that actually vote for him think he's cool. Right? I don't think they're on this radio show, but if you're on the radio show, please stay. It's okay. Please. You can call in later and tell tell us why you think he's cool. Yeah, actually, he must be cool. He got so many votes. So many please votes. Please elaborate why he's cool. Yeah, he got many votes, but not people people also vote for the Republican Party. They not only vote for Donald Trump. So that's Ah. That's something. I mean, he's he's the candidate from the Republican Party. Right? Yeah, but why is he not cool according to you? Except in uh, personal traits. Because he's not a Democrat. He's an anti-Democrat. He destroys everything democracy stands for. But what do you do? Is, I I read this in the news and I was like, is this an exaggeration or is this actually true? I mean, I give you one example. Uh, I said it a couple of times already, but but he's. Constantly attacking the press. Yeah. Because it's fake news. Yeah. Uh, which is, by the way, I don't know if people know this, but this is a translation from a German word, Lügenpresse, which means uh, lying press, which was invented by the Nazi regime in Germany, by the, the followers of Adolf Hitler. The lying press. And he says it? No, he says fake news. So if he doesn't agree with something, with opposition against his ideas, he calls it fake, which is very dangerous. He should say... Okay, you don't agree with me, let's debate, or you don't agree with me, explain why you don't agree with me, and I'll give you reasons why I am right. But yep. he says, he doesn't say, he, his whole idea of, of debate doesn't exist with him, he just says you're fake. Yeah, Which, Berlusconi it, used to say, the communist newspapers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that, that, but he was a, I mean, Berlusconi basically in, invented modern populism, right? Yeah, big shout to the big B. And he also owned all the newspapers and the television stations in the, in the it Italy. Yeah, when he got elected, he was controlling uh, the bulk. He was the man. Trump didn't get that far. That's true. But then he calls uh, everybody who doesn't agree with fake. So and and people who do that are not interested in healthy debate or in exchanging ideas. What else? Or, what else did he do that we don't like? That you don't like? Not cool. Well, there is, his most recent trick is not accepting the, the results from the election. <laughs> uh, not cool. Wait, if, you're, if you're a democratic elected president and people vote you out, you should accept it, right? Yeah. So, I don't, yeah, I mean, it's clear that he's not a Democrat because he does not accept the fact that he lost. Uh, and he says, okay, no, but... but but the election is rigged and those votes are fake. But it's obvious he lost all the cases, I think, now. Uh, it's obvious that he lost because they did the recount and they did the recount. And 
So the um, fact that he, for example, he's not ashamed of lying and he keep lying in press conferences like nonstop. Yeah. Like, you know, he says something the next day, he say, I didn't say it. And they say something else that's false. That's cool. That's all right. That's allowed. It's not anti-democratic. It's just... No, uh, no it, it, I think that's anti-democratic if you're the president because it, it is, he should be held accountable. That's, that's what happens in a democracy. You vote for somebody and then you can, you can, you can hold him accountable for what he does or she does. But you but can we, still hold him accountable and say he's a liar. Yeah, but, but then he says, no, you're a liar. And then there's no debate. There's only just calling each other names. So he's not... He, he he got voted in, but he he's not he he thinks he's not accountable for the for the politics he 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 for the things he does, which is really bad if you're a democratic. Yeah, if friend. you lie about the things that you did, exactly. If that's that's so, anti-democratic. You cannot do that. Yes, but yeah. don't all politicians lie a bit about the things they did? Yes, that's true. So uh, that's uh, but but he does it all the time. I mean, he he never opens a debate. He's never interested in. In exchange of ideas, I mean, there were a lot of bad presidents before, uh, but this is really something else. Somebody not accepting the the, the result election. of the election. Yeah. Uh, also, he attacks the judges. Yes, and that's also very dangerous. That's not so, cool. So it's the biggest difference between an, a democratic society and a totalitarian society is the role of judges. They are free and neutral, at least neutral in a democratic society. In a totalitarian society, the judges do what the politicians say. There's no free uh, judicial power in a totalitarian society. Once leaders start attacking the judges, you know they're not democrats. You know they, they, they want more power for themselves. So, um, but how about a lot of people agree with him because they say the system is so fucked up then i rather vote for a guy who is obviously a bit of a dick or not obviously some people think he's a hero but some other people like they maybe realize that he's not like the best politician but they still vote for him because they think that the system must change and he has the keys because he's not afraid of doing things differently yeah what do we say to these people right they can vote who they want yeah, it's 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 that's true. It's a very very difficult question to answer. I mean, it's clear that the American system does not work as it was invented once anymore. Because also, the idea of the popular vote going to the one that does not win the elections, uh, like four years ago, it's very difficult to understand. At least for me as a European, uh, but. Um, I think that you should tell these people that vote as a protest vote, right? They not vote in favor of Trump, they vote against the system. You should tell them, okay, your vote is important because you live in a democracy, uh, your vote matters, and please, if you vote for Trump as a protest vote, uh, you should realize that you elect this guy or might possibly elect this guy and that he's destroying democracy with your vote. So you should... You should, you should you should feel responsible for what you do with your vote. Don't throw it away as a protest. But uh, I mean, I'm from Italy, and uh, and uh, we had a lot of bad politicians, and all political parties have them. And then sometimes you're really pissed off, and then you go for the protest vote. But it's hard to say, yeah, be careful with your vote when you have nowhere else to vote, yeah, right? A lot of people are pissed off with the Democrats in the U.S. because they do perpetrate a lot of injustice of the American system. 
American system. I know it. I I, I cannot solve this question now. Uh, I think it's just yeah. You can start your own party <laughs> in Italy at least. Or a revolution. Uh, or a revolution. Which leads us to the closing question. But first, I would say we have a question from an uh, offline listener. The offline listener is here in the same uh, offline environment as me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she says the word fake news was first introduced by Hillary Clinton. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let me say that Hillary Clinton was by far the worst dem uh, candidate of the Democratic Party ever. Why? Uh, which is a pity, which is the reason why Donald Trump got elected in the first place. Um, uh, why was she so bad? Oh, because he stood for, just what you explained to me, is he, he stands for a way of, of raging politics, a way of, of political culture in the Democratic Party, which people are so fed up with. You can also say to the people they're fed up and they want to vote for someone who is a bit anti-democratic, but at least will bring about some change. That is yeah, true, the life is unjust and the world is unjust. But you're gonna be better, worse off when there's no democracy. Yeah, it's the same, I think. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you have to fend for yourself. You cannot expect the state to solve your life. You know, yeah, life is shit. You are have a shit life because the system is unjust and the state I mean, is not gonna solve it. <laughs> that, <laughs> no, that's true. But great things are happening also in the United States with grassroots candidates and campaigns. So maybe we focus too much on the president. Kanye West. Pres this president. <laughs> this president was hard to ignore because he destroyed democracy. And he was a great entertainer, like Berlusconi. I don't know about Lukashenko if he's also a great entertainer. No, I think he just uh, he just wants to kill people. Hey, I have two songs. They're both dedicated to Trump. One is called. Mr. President, and it's actually a song dedicated to Berlusconi, but it applies very well. And the, the refrain is, we are tired. And the okay. other song is, you're the man, and it's by Marvin Gaye, but it's actually saying, I'm going to vote for you. So <laughs> maybe we dedicate this to someone else. Marvin Gaye or Mr. President, you're the man. No, Mr. Pre Mr. President. All right, Mr. President, we are tired. Oops. He's still president. He should. He should leave the house. Come on. Leave oh yeah, he's refusing to leave. <laughs> yeah, he's refusing to leave. By the way, mark my word, listener and doctor and everyone else, uh, this guy is gonna start a TV when he leaves the White House. If he leaves the White House, he's gonna start a TV channel. This is no, uh, not something I said, but his biographer, <laughs> someone who studied him all his life, <laughs> thinks that that's what's gonna happen next. Stay tuned for Trump TV. This is Mr. President. We are tired. Watch out Babylonian, Mafia Macaroni, Fire Panda Wonder Game, Silvio Berlusconi, Fire Panda Government, Lightning Panda Station, Sons of Panda Marcus, them killing off me nation. Lord, you youth them, make the youth them express themselves. Since the minion peace and love and nothing else. Lucifer rolling out in our one blue Lamborghini. Fire Panda wonder the Benito Mussolini. Put the tongues to make poor people stand up. Structure city youth, them recreational spot. Investing on the youth, them believe in all of the youth, them stop pressure down the youth, them stop blind. Well done, Mr. President. 
Babylon. Twelve tribes of Israel bound down Vatican. Jesus Lassie, I the teacher, love is my religion. Zion is my promised land. Well, President Berlusconi, why you pushing us back? Your lies them done long time, but your mouth still attack. Still your mouth is ten you one big bomb of blood. We tired to hear no crap. Well then, Mr. President, we tired, we tired, we tired, we tired, we tired, we tired. Dr. Iravadi, you shared plenty wisdom with us. How do you look? Because you're a historian, you can probably predict the future. <laughs> How do you look at the future? Are you scared or optimist? And you are also a historian of revolutions, of the age of revolutions. Are we going towards an age of revolutions? And if we are, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Enlighten us. Uh, I study the past, but you can learn a lot from studying the past. And if you study the past, like I said already, I think I, I, you need a couple of things to start a revolution and also to continue a revolution, which is even more important. Because many people want to start a revolution, even on a daily basis. Do you remember this, this, this revolution that I, I thought was very sympathetic? Uh, it was um, the 99%. Yeah, the you... Occupy Wall Street. Exactly, and uh, a lot of people joined, and I thought, okay, it's going somewhere, and then suddenly it died out, or what What happened with that? Yeah, it dies out when people go back to work. <laughs> yeah, so so that was a revolution that did not include all the different layers of society, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so I, I, I think there are a lot of initiatives and a lot of fair causes to fight for, but a revolution is a, is a, is a total shift of society a total change in the society and i don't see that happening in the west no no also i have to say i have to be honest i just bought a house for the first time in my life oh then you're not anti-revolutionary so now i i'm i, I change camps i'm I, i'm anti-revolution you're gonna become center right yes <laughs> great great 
No, no. I think the social democrats also think people that can, people oh, can right. still buy a house, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but but it, that that's one of the reasons. I mean, most people in the West, at least, they own two cars and 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 they have a mortgage, so they don't want to have a revolution because they're afraid they lose too much. Uh, but but we can have a have a political shift. That's possible. What about the world? I mean, there are a lot of revolutions happening. Uh, and have happened over the last couple of years. I think about South America, uh, where revolutions uh, in some countries, uh, and Asia as well, uh, although it seems like a bit more quiet. Actually, when I was in college, the people predicted that there would be a revolution in China, because we're waiting for a revolution to happen in China because people are getting fed up with the Communist Party there. And they have a big middle class that wants to stay in politics and all these all these ingredients that usually make a revolution, but it did not happen yet. Uh, so I, I don't know if it will happen, but, but what I look forward – no, it, let's put it differently. What I expect is that some revolution or spark, spark of revolution will happen sometimes in, at some point in, in China. In Hong Kong, it was pretty pre rad what happened. Yes, but now they the revolution lost. They just crushed it, right? The Chinese government they just crushed the revolution. Yeah. Uh, so <sighs> so yeah, that's what I. So maybe China, uh, middle class in China will will, will rise. So uh, when I started this radio show, I was saying that I the goal of this radio show is to have world peace, equal rights and a great ecological transition. But then going on with the radio show, I realized it was silly and I stopped, I gave up. Why? And I, I decided it was much more fun to go for. Well, I need to stop the radio show eventually, it cannot go on forever. <laughs> 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 so I thought maybe a better goal is world domination. Yeah, what revolution do you think the world needs or the people? I mean, it, it was already what, what I think the world needs. It was already there in the first important revolution, the French Revolution. It says e uh, equality, freedom, and brotherhood. Egalité, liberté, fraternité. And those three things are still very much true today. Whatever happened to brotherhood, huh? Yeah. I think uh, equality and uh, freedom are much more talked about than brotherhood. Yeah. Maybe brotherhood is a bit gender is not is too too male, the patriarchy. Yeah, we can call brotherhood and sisterhood. Yeah. Oh. No, but, yeah. But, but the, yeah, these questions. I think they're still very valid. Those 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 goals. All right. Equality, liberty, or freedom, and brotherhood as well. Is that your message to mankind? Because you know we're in the middle of a pandemic. And uh, you yeah. never know, before we meet again, uh, we might uh, all be under the corona hospitalization. And I mean, my, my message is the pandemic, I mean, it will pass. Uh, so we have to be patient. But it shows what things in life are really important. And it also shows what's wrong with the society. As, uh, for example, in the Netherlands, it, it showed what what people in which sectors, especially in the health sector they're really working hard but they don't get paid that much everybody knows that now because of this pandemic so that should be fixed 
So it shows where a society does not deliver what it promises. And, and I think this pandemic shows that at, at, at different levels. And that should be fixed after the pandemic is over. So when the new elections come, everybody should vote for the parties that want equal loans uh, for people that work so hard uh, during this pandemic. Fair pay. And uh, dismantle the banks as well. No, okay. <laughs> so please vote for the parties after this pandemic that uh, that that want that as well. Thank you for uh, your participation, your fantastic wisdom, Dr. Iravadi. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Do you have a question for me or for the listeners before uh, we, you go back into your real name? No, I really enjoyed it. Be well, be safe, everybody. And uh, don't give up on democracy yet. Good night. Good night. And listeners, stay in for the cool down of the episode. That was Dr. Iravadi. Adios, my friend. Bye bye. When the people leave, the leaders they will have to follow. And all their lies and their they will have to swallow And it's you, you, you That has the authority Or the one who is right It's the majority Yes, when the people Watch them try to hide this world's imposition. But like disease that has come around from remission. And when it seems as if it has left your left your person, all the while, though it has
People, 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 what a ride. That's it. You made it. You can go back to reality. It's finished. You listen to Radio Kakak Live. Please, if you think that you need more or if you missed some of the old episodes, do check the Radio Kakak profile in Mixcloud because there is so much wisdom there and great groove. That's what the world needs, the wisdom and groove revolution. This is it. Now, I'm going to close, wrap up, play a song, and then start all over. No, then there is the after show with a very, very special guest who has an important news for us. He will tell us how to say this is bullshit in Sanskrit. You've been talking, talking to the people, trying to get them to go your way. You're telling us, telling us not to worry. You say we won't be there We're so tired of y'all signifying. How do we know till it's too late whether or not Mistakes you made. I believe so that humanity's at stake. You see, busing, busing is just one issue, one issue. What about the rest, rest of it, Mr. Still? Well, if you, if you got the plan, oh, I say to you, if you got the master plan, I got the both for you. If you listen up to this point, out you get a hundred points. <laughs>